Welcome to the Career Growth Podcast, where we discuss how university students and graduates can break into the job market and develop their careers. Let's get started with your hosts, Lucy, Vinay, and Julia. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Career Growth Podcast. I'm your host, Julia. If you're new to our show, well, welcome here. So we are a show entirely about bridging the gap between your university up into starting your first career. And we try to bring you as much advice and resources that you can use to help you grow. So I'd like to introduce to my lovely co-host. So no, I don't run this alone. So the name Lucy. Hi, welcome again. Hi guys. <laughs> hey. So if this is one of the many episodes you've listened to, or this is your first episode, we're actually doing something kind of different this time. So we have been bringing on different industry leaders to discuss how to succeed in this industry and what advice they could give to you to help you also succeed. So this week, we're going to be talking about PR. All right, so we're bringing on Marco Fiore. He's the director and the co-owner of a tech PR agency known as Bamboo PR, which is located in London. So just a little bit about him before we kind of, you know, just kind of brag on him before he actually starts talking himself. So he started a early career in video game journalism and he jumped to PR as his first job outside of university. And he's been there as an account executive and 11 years later, He's still there and he helps run the company, which is an amazing career progress. And he helps ensure Bamboo's diverse client base gets the media recognition that they deserve. And then in his spare time, he is an exceptional writer with deep technology knowledge and he helps grow Fiori Finds, which is an antique vintage jewelry brand that serves thousands of happy customers across the world, which sounds really cool. And I also really like that. So I might meet with you afterwards, to figure out what that looks like. All right. So now that I've done bragging about you, how are you, Marco? Yeah, I'm good. Thank you. Thank you for having me on great opportunity to talk about I suppose what I've learned over the years and give some advice give some pointers in terms of people looking to enter this industry and um, yeah just talk a bit a bit more about what I've done and, and how it could help others yeah I agree it's, PR is such a competitive space so I'm really interested to see how you can get in there and obviously you and Lucy are both in this have both been in this industry so it'll be useful advice for anyone who's studying marketing and wanting to get into PR or people who aren't studying either one of them as far as in how, what they can do I'm honestly I don't know how to do it so all right so we're just going to start off easy and kind of ease our ways into this Marco but how did you get into PR and did you always want to be in PR? Uh, short answer is I, I didn't really know at the time uh, I did an English literature degree, quite a common degree for a lot of PR people to actually do. A lot of us don't end up actually suppose, studying the subjects at university and English kind of gave me the the writing credentials and sort of the analytical side of analysing something that, that we kind of look for in the industry. And I came out of uni, I suppose, dead set on being a video games journalist. In my spare time at university, I, I ran a website and I made good progress into getting to the point where I was helping out a couple of magazines that were around at the time that don't really exist anymore but and a lot of online kind of freelancing and went to a lot of events got a lot of free a lot of free games but then when it came to actually sort of solidifying where I wanted to work I realized that I would have to kind of sacrifice I suppose money for like the passion of what I was doing so I kind of thought what else could I do and a typical path is anything media related. So I looked at advertising, publishing, um, marketing, PR, um, and being a graduate in 2009, <laughs> um, right at the sort of middle of the financial crisis, I was kind of happy to take anything and ended up coming across this small company called Bamboo, of all places on, on Gumtree. My business partner, Nicola, always says it's the best £50 she ever spent because um, she put out an ad on there. I happened to look at it, apply to it, and um, kind of the rest is history and I'm still there it wasn't a, a thing I wanted to sort of be I had no grand desire to go into PR um, I didn't even really know what it was till I started doing a bit of I say freelancing on the video game side and realizing oh these are the people who essentially hand out the free games and help you write about them and I kind of thought oh maybe I could be on the other side and it kind of naturally um brought me into into the space. Marco, thanks for sharing that. Can I just ask a quick follow-up? So one of the things that you mentioned was you weren't quite sure what PR is. So uh, can you tell <laughs> us a bit more about what the PR industry is all about? Because I'm sure there's a lot of listeners who are wondering uh, the same thing. Yeah, no, definitely. I don't even know if my mum and dad still know what I do. I think they sometimes think I'm a PA, which uh, is obviously a different career entirely. But um, I think there's a lot of, well, there used to be, when I, when I sort of went into the industry, it was kind of at the very end of its 
I suppose, quite glamorous days. PR had a reputation for being like a lot of events, a lot of sort of client schmoozing, a lot of long lunches. And it was kind of fading out into something that has become kind of a really critical business function that I suppose is a, is a lot of tamer. I chose technology PR because that's kind of my, my big passion. I've always loved tech and it kind of really fit my interests and, and naturally what I wanted to do. But in the short, I suppose the short description is whenever people do ask me what I do, we get our clients into the media and into the press. So behind the scenes, whenever you're reading a newspaper online or whatever kind of format you want, and it's written by a journalist, I'd say like a rough estimation, 75% of that kind of news has come probably via a PR person. Journalists go away and they write their own stories, especially at sort of big publications. They, they kind of write to what they want to write and what they need to write according to the news agenda. And they kind of go do their own sleuthing around to find that and their own contacts. But a, a large percentage in, in particular, kind of like in technology, comes from PR people engaging with journalists and like bu um, building great relationships with them and trying to find a story angle that will get your, your clients covered and written about in lots of different formats that kind of exist nowadays. I do like to describe it sometimes people ask, like, how do you do it? It's a lot of, a lot of chasing. <laughs> journalists are very um, time poor. They're within their right to cover what they want. They're bombarded by PR people every day. And essentially, I'm selling in a story. So like you sell in a product to someone, it's always going to be an easier sell over the phone or over email if you know the person. And that's essentially what we do. We take company news and information and, and thought leadership and get it put into the press. That's such a good overview, I think, of what the PR industry is. And I think, obviously, with Bamboo, it seems to be ahead of its time focusing on PR, the technology space, before, I guess, a lot of society like, realised how like important it is over, especially like the past year. But I know you're also expanding to many other industries, which is really cool and smart. Um, so what kind of other key industries do you tap into? And do you kind of see, like, what kind of challenges do you see with, like, the working across a vast array of industries? Yeah, look, we've always been technology. PR bread and butter I suppose there's two answers to that question one is nowadays and, it, and it's changed so much over kind of just over the decade I've been in it when I first started it was purely PR so just that kind of media relations outreach dealing with incoming inquiries and outgoing inquiries and again my my business partner Nicola she, she always talks about the days when she used to send out press releases via fax and used to get like big mailing bags worth of actual kind of like competition entries she'd have to go through. And obviously everything is digital. And over the period of time I've been at Bamboo, our services have expanded into um, content, anything written content wise. And nowadays PR covers everything from kind of blogs and ebooks and white papers to producing um, podcasts and website copy. It's, it's kind of a full marketing content machine and our clients really love that they can call upon us to do that and I remember just after sort of starting my job being like I think we should kind of get into the social media space our clients were like some of our clients were kind of really keen some of them were kind of a little bit behind the trend because they were only sure how it could help help their business at the time it was predominantly Facebook and Twitter was kind of becoming this platform very powerful LinkedIn I don't even know if it was really around from a business point of view beyond being a CV and uh, a lot of the others didn't even exist. Nowadays, we do a lot of that as well from an, like an organic social media side. The industry itself and what we're responsible for has changed. In terms of bamboo, um, we beyond technology, we've always had a good sweet spot with, I suppose, any B2B, any business-to-business -business kind of service selling into that kind of customer base. Uh, we do help charities as well. We've had a fair few charities over the years who have turned to us, which kind of adds a lot a great element of diversity to what we do. It's also great to help great people helping people. We have a particularly cool one called Team Unlimited, which um, 3D print arms for kids for all for free. And it's just awesome seeing their smiles when they get given what they get given and knowing that we kind of helped promote that and helped help them along the way as well. Um, who knows what will come up? Um, we have had clients in all sorts of weird spaces. We once did a uh, PR marketing for... Uh, fast casual chicken restaurant brand. We've had advertising technology, um, again, that kind of tech. And we work with a company called Bamboo Distribution at the moment, which no relation, just I, <laughs> um, happens to be a similar name. They do like mobile phone recycling and like a supply chain from that point of view. And that's kind of more like a logistics company. Uh, we've, had a, we've had a fashion designer who took technology and turned it into like installations, all sorts. It's, it's kind of why I love working at an agency. 
not in-house because you kind of get that constant stream. Oh, and you guys, like I suppose we, we worked with Capital Placement in the past and um, I wouldn't call you a technology company, you use technology, but um, yeah, you, you're more of a people company. It's just that diversity that keeps it fresh, keeps it exciting. Just going back to some of the things that you talked about in your intro as well, because obviously I guess you've lived through two major crises now. Other than these, what have you found the biggest challenges to be in your career over the last 10, year, 10, 10 odd years in PR? I feel for anyone graduating now, it's tough out there. Uh, I know it, how tough it can be because of the time I came into the industry. And like I said, I was pretty happy just to be given a job. And I thought, oh, look, I'll take this and see where it goes. I've got a what question a bit... based on this later, by the way. Hey, okay, hold sure. that thought. Hold that thought. So, yeah, okay, I'll come yeah. back to that one. My, my big one, I suppose, earlier in my career, in particular, was kind of getting people to see beyond my age. And mm. it's it's by no means a criticism of anyone. It's just natural. Like, you're, you're younger, so people tend to put you into that box. I, I was always really, I suppose, honoured and grateful that my business partner, Nicola, she, she kind of became my mentor through my career and has and still is to this day. But she kind of gave me the trust and instilled the confidence in myself to be like, Look, you know what you're doing trust what you think and the more you're kind of confident in that the more your clients will sort of see you for that and they kind of will look past the earliness of your career and where you're at and trust you and over time that sort of completely faded away and and became something that was never really a, a thing and I do remember at one point there was a bit of a I suppose a change point I don't know what was the cause but one of my clients once told Nick Lynn said to oh Marco's Marco's kind of his outlook and his his insight and his his knowledge has really changed the last six months. He's really kind of really matured in terms of how he's he's able to do what he, he does. And I suppose maybe that confidence breeds confidence and that kind of made me become more confident in its own right. And uh, I think everyone will always experience that. Even if you're the most sort of driven, capable person, you'll always have people 20, 30 years your senior thinking, like how much can this person really know? And I always believe that just because you're young doesn't mean you don't, you can't do something where you, you don't know something and trust people for what they know, even if it's just a fresh perspective on something that you think you, you know everything about. Interesting. No, thanks for that, Marco. I think a lot of our listeners are current students and early graduates or recent graduates, rather. So uh, they will be facing a lot of the things that you talked about, because obviously when you are in your early 20s coming into an industry, it is quite challenging. So it's interesting to hear your perspective on that. And thanks for that. So talking about overcoming like those challenges, how did you then progress in your career to end up in your current position? I must admit, I'm not the average journey like and i'm not the average person as well i suppose in our industry pr in particular is, is still a ladder-based career typically agencies are typically structured in the same way you come in at an account executive role where you kind of learn the ropes you help with the media you do you do some copywriting you, you essentially do some of the I suppose groundwork jobs that keep an agency running really seamlessly and fluidly. Then once you've got the experience of kind of dealing with clients and I suppose the knowledge of the industry and what you're you're doing, you you end up being an account manager where you're more responsible for overseeing the day-to-day. You might have some line management experience with account execs coming in to your company. And usually you're the port of call for a client when they've got work what they need doing or new things that need promoting or need the insight after it depends on the agency but after a number of years you end up typically into an account director role where you're more strategic you're more set comm strategy for a client you're you typically have a team under you to essentially do a lot of the work that kind of goes into the everyday and you, you may indeed help kind of from a business point of view winning new clients um or at least sort of structuring that that outreach uh, if you're in a particular agency, then there's obviously senior management positions that come after that, that kind of are more about business management. That's kind of the average role. And typically, people move to a new agency to get that step up because either they want the extra, I suppose, money that comes from the, the, the higher level, and they might not see a position to do that in their current company. We've always kind of focused on accelerating and pushing people as quickly as they want to be pushed so if they want to kind of reach that next level really quickly and they're capable and they're showing they understand what's involved in that role then we'll push them up to it no matter how long they've kind of been there and Nicola pushed me forward really quickly because I really wanted to be pushed really quickly and I was always feeling really supported I always had a really clear path in terms of what I needed 
to do next to get to where I wanted to be. And as a result, I've never ever left. Three or four years ago, I suppose now it was, I always felt because we were a small company, really, Bamboo really felt part of me. People know that who have worked with me and our clients know that. And maybe people who have come across over the years never really realized this, but I kind of always wanted to stay as long as there was space for me to stay. And I said to her, around the same time she kind of was floating the idea in our own mind was like look if I stay long term as long as kind of long term is can you help me become part of this business and could this become a thing and thankfully we were all both aligned on that at that point and kind of set out a plan to do that I did actually spend a year in 2013 traveling around the world working remotely and it was between like account management and account director level I was very fortunate that uh, Nikki let me do that and I, I still think to this day, most of my clients didn't even realize that I wasn't in, in London and working full time. But but I did. Uh, I traveled around Asia, all around Australia, New Zealand. I worked every day, half half hours and um, did my normal role. And I suppose a bit of a precursor to now. Nowadays, everyone talks about digital nomadism and like how now we can, if you're in a company where you can work fully remote, now you can go use the world as your oyster and it's being it's a kind of cool thing a kind of positive outcome from the pandemic but i came back from that being like look i'm ready to stop moving around kind of i'm actually physically quite tired <laughs> and um i kind of really want to focus on my career and help me get to account director level and quite quickly into that and we had that conversation this is kind of history and it'll be the, the company is part of mine at the moment and that kind of ownership is increasing every year along I stay and very fortunate I've got someone who um, believes in me and, and wants me here to to do that. Not your average, but um, I, I just I was really open with kind of what I wanted, uh, what I would like for my career. I suppose not what I wanted, but what I would like. And I worked I worked very very hard and kind of I suppose effort versus reward. And if you've got both people on both sides who kind of appreciate each other, and it can lead to really cool things, a really cool career. Yeah, no, it's amazing. And just to kind of help our listeners understand so I actually did used to work at Bamboo um so I completely understand the family feel it is like a little family there and I think it's really important in PR as well because for example when I used to speak to clients that used to always be like the the key pit you know it's it's the passion that kind of like lies in PR and I think that is very key um for the industry which leads me quite nicely onto my next question I think it's Kind of sounds a little bit selfish because I'm very intrigued for this answer. Um, so Marco actually brought me on board. And, <laughs> and so I, I kind of want to know why you brought me on board. And yeah, in general, like to generalise that, like what do you look for um, from a candidate when hiring for an entry level position? Yeah, I knew you would like to know the answer to that, <laughs> that question. We, we always say that you can learn the tech if you want to learn the tech. Obviously, you need to have the desire to. So having a technical background or knowledge of technology isn't going to be like a necessity, even though that's what we do. Technology is very broad and we deal with a lot of different kind of types. So that isn't like something that we necessarily go look for. Well, we actually met on LinkedIn, Lucy, and I suppose your your personality really stood out to me and your kind of you had a lot of the qualities that we look for in anyone. And it's it's hard to sometimes quantify because it's not something you learn. It's kind of a feeling. And look, a lot of companies will do like really intense assessment processes to kind of formalize what they think a person is. But at the end of the day, as long as you've got the passion for it, the hunger to learn, um, for us, kindness and friendliness is a really big part of what we look for because we love working with friendly, nice people. And our clients are that. And that's kind of why we work so well with them. Those are kind of the qualities that communication is really important in our career as well. So being articulate, being able to read people, being a people person is very important too. Uh, you don't have to necessarily be extroverted. Um, I'm kind of always describing myself as an extroverted introvert. I dial up when I need to dial up who I am. And my natural state is to be buried in, in word writing. But I, I, as much as the next person love a good chat and I love talking about what we do. And I think your fundamental is who you are. But as long as you're, you're willing to be, be that approachable, accessible person, then you know, you're going to do well in PR. So yeah, it's all good. Written communication skills as well, big one. PR is still very much a written career. that You've got to be able to write and convey a point on the page concisely. You learn how to improve your craft over the years. And I read back on my early work and it makes me laugh and it embarrasses me. But um, <laughs> it's just a part of a process in terms of how 
how you develop as as a comms professional. Oh, lots of laughter as well. You'll be funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't. You don't. You can be completely dry. But um, no, we like to have fun with bamboo, and it's good to have a good sense of humour. There's a lot of laughs that have that we have. <laughs> yeah, many memories. No, and I think just not to kind of focus this on myself, but I very much fell into this really? role. And uh, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> not to focus on myself, but I just really want to know why I got hired. <laughs> and moving on, continue talking about myself. It's- it's feedback it's crucial (laughs) right (laughs) but yeah I I definitely think that I I mean coming into this and when Marco said to me you know would you be interested in PR I thought well I've never ever really considered it I didn't think my writing was any good but you obviously like yeah they, they believed in me and very patient as well I think it's important for employers to be patient and they'll get kind of the reward and also another thing in PR which I think is really important it really does make you interested in learning I'm Mm. still to this day I'm just so stuck in the news and so interested in reading and that was something I was never really that bothered about before um I started this role and it's really important yeah you raise a really great point another skill that we do look for is is that kind of absorb absorbing of knowledge and wanting to read because you can't learn an industry unless you understand how it works and you can't understand how the press works and how to personalise your client to each and every journalist unless you read the journalist's work. And one of the big bugbears of journalists all the time is kind of like, this isn't relevant for me. You're not reading what I write. You don't understand how a publication works. And I was very fortunate because of my earlier sort of, um, I suppose, foray into an editorial environment and a magazine publisher that I was familiar with kind of a different editorial roles and hierarchy. I knew kind of the ability and the need to write to a format and a time. I remember working on was at PC Zone, I had to write a video game, summarize a video game in like 50 words. Like how do you analyze and provide readers that by a deadline of like a really tight deadline of like a 10 hour experience. And it taught me like the shorter you are, the better you, you write. And I was very fortunate and they won't be listening to this, but um, Steve and David, kind of my early editors in that path, they taught me a hell of a lot about how how that works. And I think, don't quote me on this, but Nicola definitely, I suppose, saw that as a good point when I was looking that I had a lot of experience working kind of in a journalistic sense. And it's why a lot of journalists end up working in PR when they've kind of done their role and their time in journalism, because they're like, you know what, I can both educate the agency and I can also write already for journalists and journalists. So um, there's many ways into it and there's many skills behind the scenes. But uh, yeah, definitely reading is a, is a big one. Read everything you can and listen. Like nowadays, there's a lot of audio content out there. So watch, listen and read. So kind of apart from like the, you know, what we spoke about, like the reading and just getting used to the industry. So what would a typical day look like for someone in an entry level position and I'm asking you because I can't really remember <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you must have been a great employee there <laughs> <laughs> I'm shooting myself in the foot here but <laughs> yeah yeah like obviously sunk in because we're an agency it's uh it's super varied there's kind of day-to-day that we put into a job spec role when we're looking to hire and that's kind of like it's not a support role, it's, it's kind of underplaying it in the value that accounting executives provide. It's a lot of media outreach, and we do guide our sort of entry-level staff over the years in terms of how to do that very carefully to make sure they learn the right way of doing it. And then there is a right, right way, every agency is different, but kind of being that personalised, relevant approach is super important nowadays. It's not a case of just spamming out emails on mass and hoping something sticks. And it's everything from kind of maintaining a press list and keeping the rest of the agency informed of what's going on for clients in the industry to doing writing. So like kind of big day-to-day writing, we will try and get anyone who joins us writing really quickly, everything from writing blogs to learning sort of media pieces of content and contributing to that. Social media is a big part of what we do. And I think most agencies will say this and it's kind of helping produce social media um, and just energy and ideas. Like some of the things that you came up with, Lucy, and, and people have come up with fresh eyes are so valuable to us because some of our clients we've had for a very long time and we're very fortunate to but like we learn what we they do and we and like anyone who works in a company for a long time you gravitate to what you're comfortable with and familiar with and, and know works and someone coming in and saying look you know what how about this or how about that you go you know that's such a really great idea some agency might say making a lot of tea and coffee 
but actually we're very flat in the hierarchy when it comes to that in ours. Everyone makes drinks for whoever wants to drink at the time. And in a normal world, we try and be really social and, and make it fun for people to work at Bamboo at the moment. Obviously, everyone's stuck at home and that's difficult for any any company. But uh, there's just uh, that's really important too. Um, very diverse because we have a very diverse client list. It's, uh, it's, it's very varied. No, that's great. And how would you kind of see, I mean, with your experience working with maybe bigger PR agencies or senior network and things like that what do you think the career progression looks like for someone kind of in in that industry obviously in in, say the bigger uh, PR agencies yeah you go big or small with um with your career I think you either love a small agency and work there all the time and that small can be anything for like us which is sort of at a moment like well core team of three and four or five people like part of our extended team when we need the help all the way up to kind of like 20, 30 people, as what I would describe as small. And then you've got big, big global agencies with footprints all around the world. You have, I suppose, a more structured pathway. You may be more restricted in what you can do because you kind of have your role and that's your role. I've always loved the fact that from even from like my first couple of weeks, I was being asked like questions about how we do things for business. I was involved in new business pitching really early on. I was being told to write things you wouldn't write until you were very experienced. I was put very in front of the clients super early. I didn't say much, but um, (laughs) uh, I was exposed to that kind of client relationship really early. In a bigger agency, typically, I suppose, uh, you have a a more defined path. And timescales-wise, because I don't know if people ever really talk about this, typically one to two years in an account exec role, you might hit sort of a senior version of that, three to four all the way up to three, four, five, even maybe six years, depending on the agency size, kind of learning the ropes and harnessing your craft as an account manager. Directors, you're typically looking at six, seven, eight years plus because you just need to have a, a really solid understanding of, I suppose, the level of kind of experience required to define the company's go-to-market uh, voice strategy, the activities that go into that. And yeah, it takes, it takes a time to learn that. Um, just the very nature of the industry. You're listening to the Career Growth Podcast. Do you have a question for one of our hosts? Send us an email at thecgpodcast at capital-placement.com. So kind of to keep with thinking about the early career and focus more like on key skills and tools, what are some of the key skills that you think are crucial for those who want to go into the PR slash marketing industry in 2021 and ever, everything beyond that or anytime beyond that? Yeah, but beyond the ones I've mentioned, like writing obviously is a big one. Uh, you know, the best way to probably think is what don't I know and what have I had to pull people into the, the team or who do we use externally that our clients need or kind of expect maybe certain elements to be covered. And nowadays it's such a big, I suppose, a big area in terms of what a PR person may cover. Anyone, I would love to find people who are really sort of a master of everything, but it's kind of hard to find. But digital is such a big part of the world now digital PR is I suppose kind of newer agencies like to call themselves marrying SEO keyword analysis like pay-per-click amplification kind of all these digital techniques of marketing with the kind of PR side of things that you can never know too much in terms of how digital marketing works knowing social media like the back of your hand being part of it um, being ahead of it as well is really important don't need to tell any of you, but TikTok as a thing is kind of doing what Instagram did when people were like, don't really think Instagram's for business and now look for a business that isn't on Instagram. TikTok quite possibly, and I wouldn't be surprised in the next few years becomes a real big business platform for all kinds of industries because it's where the next generation of active audiences, it's where young people are. There'll be something after that that comes. Clubhouse, for example, another one at the moment exploded in popularity Back in 2019, a marketing agency asked me, what kind of trends do you see in content marketing? And at the time I said audio, just audio, watch out for audio, not just podcasts, but think like audio books from a business point of view, audio blogs, any format people will want it. And someone's obviously eavesdropping on my conversation over at Clubhouse because there you go. Uh, I, I just think you got to stay sharp and see where, like, the ideal place now is to be on, be on LinkedIn and where are the trends coming from? Knowing things like SEO and, and digital marketing is going to be really helpful for any 
person wanting to get into PR, but then don't abandon the, the basics and the, the fundamentals. I always said to anyone I meet, just write, write all you all day, every day, write about things you don't know, because then you'll learn how to write about something you have to learn and learn business and finance as well. I've always been super interested in like how the financial services industry works and how banking works and the markets work. And I think understanding that business, how business plays into that is super important because one of the big things that people always ask me is how do you measure PR? And I don't have an answer to that. And if I could tell you categorically how to, I'd be very rich. But PR has always been very traditionally difficult to measure because it's how do you measure the the results of someone reading about something in a newspaper and then remembering it three months down the line and then going, oh, another three months down the line, I'm going to buy something from that company I read about without even realizing they've done it. That's very difficult. It's not like I ran a social media advert. I can measure the, I can track the clicks. Therefore, that customer spent £100 with me. Because PR has become this big business function that's very important, especially at the moment, where there's a lot of crises at the moment and communicating to customers is very important. It's very, I suppose, critical that um, you understand how it fits into a business. And you learn that over the years because you work with lots of different business departments and stakeholders. Yeah, it's looking beyond what PR is, is kind of a really important part of it. Thanks, Marco. So you're talking about things that you learn and on that topic, in your opinion, what are some of the key skills or requirements often overlooked or not thought at university that someone who's currently at university should pay attention to and work on it to develop themselves if they're interested in a career in PR? Yeah, it's it's really hard because you kind of, we've hired, I say, we've always hired English literature students, oddly, and um, history, history, a lot of these analytical careers that don't actually learn how, I suppose, communications works. And I don't really know. I'm honest what they teach in a PR degree or in a marketing degree and how successful it is at preparing you. Um, I didn't learn it myself, so I can't really say. But I just say do what, do what you love because passion really shines through. And at the time, I didn't realize, but I was, I was building like the skills I needed. So I was dealing with PR people to understand how they work without realizing I wanted to be in that path. I was learning how to build websites and this is before WordPress, well, the early days of WordPress where it made it easy. But like these kind of content management systems made websites easy, super easy to spin up a, a website nowadays in, in a few seconds. But it was kind of clunky in those days. So I was learning kind of the digital aspect. I was a big social media fan because I was on like computer game forums. Uh, yeah, I was in the early days of chat rooms and all these kind of communities. I didn't realize I was learning about community engagement and what makes a great like online community. I was writing about video games and writing kind of fiction in my spare time as well because I loved to unload my imagination on the page. Little did I know I could then end up writing about how technology defines an industry or and those kind of things are you don't realise you're doing them. And nowadays like I really wish I prioritized my network earlier. It, it was more difficult in those days because nowadays you've got social media, LinkedIn is a phenomenal tool to learn from people to build relationships and i'm the biggest advocate of it even though some of the content on it's uh maybe not the right kind of tone for kind of what i personally want from it but um each of their own uh, but lucy and i met because we essentially had a conversation on linkedin and and some of the other people we work with at the moment came from the same point and i have clients who found my profile on linkedin and, and reached out to me or had a recommendation because of someone i met on linkedin and you can never know too many good people and you can never spend too much time putting yourself out there. And I was a pretty unconfident person to, well, pretty much probably till I went and traveled around the world and it kind of instilled a lot in me personally and built me as a person to use a cliche. But it did because I had to. I wish I kind of had my, my later years worth of confidence in my early career to, to learn even more from the people around me. It can be intimidating if you're that way inclined. But I'm always I'm always amazed by kind of the confidence of young graduates now. And I'm like, damn, you're going you're going places and I need to watch my back. <laughs> <laughs> like it's just remarkable like, the talent that people have now and the drive. Definitely. Definitely. We're obviously huge fans of like traveling abroad uh, and just doing that early on in your career. So yeah, definitely can relate to that. Oh yeah, definitely. It's um it's the biggest builder of everything, in my opinion. Travel broadens your business horizons, your connections, uh, it teaches you a lot. I just, like, you can never, I miss it a lot in the moment for that reason. To kind of push a little more, are there like any specific resources, tools, platforms, book, podcasts, et cetera, that you would recommend university students and graduates listen to to, to further develop 
their knowledge into PR and especially when it comes to applying for roles? That's a great one. Yes, I'd say being put on the spot, I'd say look for the smaller guys and the smaller sort of, there's some big personalities out there that get a huge audience and rightfully so, they're very engaging and they've done amazing things, but they have an audience now. And the point of that is they need to maintain that audience and and there's, I suppose, sometimes techniques and they're focused on that. And I think you're going to learn more from shadowing people who don't have maybe, a, not an agenda, but don't have an objective and reading like blogs about or like websites or follow your com- companies in your, in your space. Like people always go, like, what should I read in technology? And like, who should I follow? And I'm like, yeah, look beyond the obvious. Everyone says, oh, here's another one for you, actually. This is a better example. We ask clients, like, who do you admire? Like, who, who do you want to be tone of voice? And everyone goes, oh, I really want to be like Apple. And I'm like, well, everyone wants to be like Apple because they're Apple. Like, who else do you look in your actual industry and go, oh, I really admire them or they're a competitor I need to watch. So I always think looking beyond the obvious and the, and the noisiest is a great place to start. I read a lot of business books, like probably many people. One of my favorites is not on my shelf at the moment because I gave it to someone. Gave it away because it was more valuable to someone else. I, uh, I asked people to reach out to me afterwards to get the name of it. I think it's called How to Have a Good Day. I should have prepared that if you ever asked me. But it, it teaches you about how to think positively in business, how to deal with uncomfortable situations, how and you can translate that to any industry. And I think um, learn by doing as well. Like you can read every, every book under the sun, but until you write a press release, until you write a case study, until you write an email to a journalist, and have it, I suppose, guided by someone who knows what they're doing, that's going to be infinitely probably more valuable than reading a thousand words on how how should you do PR. And just to jump in there, like, for example, when, when I started speaking to you, Marco, I learned so much from you, and I learned my passion for networking through you. And I think as I was, you encouraged me to connect with like all these different people in industry, because at the time I was really trying to work out what I wanted to do. And through those conversations with just networking and industry experts, I think that is critical. You know, you want to kind of hear the best advice from the the horse's mouth and it gives you kind of that confidence element as well. So definitely Mm -hmm. like, you know, speak to people and just ensure that you really like wrote that in from early on and it will give you like a, a wealth of kind of confidence in the path that you want to take yeah yeah it it does and it takes time like you're very fortunate nowadays to have different options depending on your personality some people are far more comfortable approaching someone um over the internet than they are going up someone in a networking event and going hi i'm marco nice to meet you like what do you do and i was definitely part of that first group which my 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 natural fear is to send in a linkedin message or to interact that way um than it is to sort of put myself in the in the spotlight maybe it's because of my career we're always kind of behind the scenes and our clients get the spotlight but try lots of different things because you never really know what's going to be the right one for you and you can push yourself out of the comfort zone it's going to deliver positive things in the future as promised marco coming back to the point that you made earlier on so my question to you is what advice would you give to a 22 year old marco graduating this year oh, that's difficult great question traveling <laughs> yeah 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 i wasn't ready to go traveling at, at 22 I, I just wasn't in the right frame of mind i hadn't realized i wanted to do it yeah and i was at the moment you, you can't I, I think one of the big ones I would say to myself is the hard work does pay off. Sometimes you can feel like, am I putting in all this effort for, for no reward? And you just have to be patient. But your career is long. If, you, if you're lucky enough to, to sort of be happy and healthy and be in a career and work your entire, in theory, working life to a retirement age, you have an, in, well, not an infinite amount of time, but it you almost have an infinite amount of time to understand in your early 20s. Like, what do you really love? Because you're not going to want to do it when you're 55 years old if you don't enjoy doing it when you're 22 and i'd probably say like keep the urgency marco but also accept that you miss might take time to figure things out and just just enjoy it and another one i'd probably say is if something seems really bad or stressful because pr is quite a demanding career for for a number of reasons but always take a little time to think and act on it on a good night's sleep because things always feel better in the morning and you've always got a clearer mind the next day. And um, yeah, I think those are the two ones. If you've got time, experiment a lot, kind of what you want to do. And uh, it's never as bad as you think. 
Great. Um, so to kind of follow up on that, because you said that uh, a career in PR is demanding. So um, this is something that we always ask uh, all our guests. So uh, there's two sides of the coin, uh, but I'm going to start on this <laughs> side of the coin, which is basically why should a recent graduate stay away from starting their career in the PR industry? It's a really hard question because I love what I do. Why should they stay away? I think you need to go into understanding what it is to an extent. And I think you should stay away if you picture loads of wild parties, free stuff. It depends on your, your, your kind of choice of industry, like luxury and beauty PR and some other industries travel, like very, like very normal days, very exciting kind of area of PR to do because you get to travel a lot. But I think do it for the right reasons. So, and if you're not doing it for the right reasons, either build your skills so you're ready to do it or find something that may be complementary to it but isn't the same industry. So explore something like, I don't know, journalism. If you really want to work in the media, find other media careers that will work for you. Don't do it if you don't have a thick skin either because you have to phone a lot of journalists, get told no a lot of times, and you have to stay strong against clients and you deal with a lot of strong personalities sometimes. And if you don't want to work at a desk, definitely don't do it <laughs> because it's a very desk-based career. Um, you get to go out and about meeting people, and but um, a lot of the time you're at a laptop, so it's definitely not for one if you're you want to work in the big outdoors. That's great points, and I'm gonna lift the mood a bit and take the other side of the coin. <laughs> so, in your yeah. opinion, and I think this is, you're gonna have a lot to to say about this, and I know I do as well. So, why should a recent graduate look to start their career in the PR industry? It's a bit of a, it's probably actually people might disagree with this, but I actually believe it's quite a resilient career. And I think it's going to become even more resilient. Traditionally, when times get tough economically, people cut PR budgets, they cut marketing budgets because it's the thing that is deemed not to be revenue generating compared to sales, customer success, customer service, like product and production. But actually, we've always had our best years in times of kind of those bumpier, those bumpier years because our clients have been very fortunate and we've been very fortunate by this recognize that in all the times when it's when it's important to communicate clearly and to make sure your customers know why you're important and why you're doing a great job and why the media should hear about you is when it's at its sort of trickiest and i always think people would always need other people to help guide them in how to communicate what not to say to the media how to deal with an incoming inquiry they never didn't expect to come in there's a there's a big part of pr is crisis comes like if you're we're very fortunate that a lot of our clients all of our clients pretty much um aren't kind of at that front line of media spotlight they're not going to suddenly find themselves in the news for an environmental disaster or or like i don't know like angry customers for some reason who the people that get called up on those times when it happens the pr people and how to navigate those choppy situations and there's a lot of agencies out there and there's a lot of obviously in-house people who do pr solely for one company in a company and even if we become more digital so people are going to have to write the way behind that. There's always going to be a media. It might not be newspapers in 10 years, and it might not be like magazines or printed material. If I'm honest, I'd be very surprised if it is. Whatever the format, robots can't do everything. So it'll always be there. Uh, another one, and why you should look for it, is because well, if, you're working, if you want to work in technology, do it, because it's one of the few industries that's going to be around for a very long time, and it's where all the growth's coming from. Another reason to do it is because I generally think it's really, really fun. No day is ever the same. And if you're looking for diversity in what you do, it's epic for that. Like, I've never worked the same day twice. And it just it just makes things so exciting. And it can be challenging a lot of the time because you're figuring out things you've never done before. But even like 11 years, I'm, I'm still, every day I'm still presented with situations that I'm like, oh, how do I crack this? And um, that's ideal for kind of people who want that as a career path. Yeah, completely agree. And it definitely makes you resilient, as you were saying earlier. You know, mm -hmm. you do get a lot of rejection, obviously, with journalists and stuff. But it does make you think, how can I improve and how can I come back stronger next time? And it definitely opens your eyes up to lots of different industries as well, which is really important. So you don't just become kind of focused on that one career direction. There's just so many things to learn and it does make you fall in love with learning and reading which I think is really really important for younger people so like me <laughs> so because now I love reading <laughs> I always have but like I actually see the value of it and it um it's so important just in general 
Great. So I think that was the majority of our actual questions, but I do have a career dilemma. I graduated last year with a bachelor's degree in media studies, and I'm embarrassed to say that I'm really struggling to find work in the PR industry as I'm confident this is the route I would like to take. I'm not sure what I'm doing wrong, to be honest. I think I have a good portfolio from the work I did at university, but I'm struggling to build slash improve on it. Can you recommend how I can get my foot in the door? I can, yes. <laughs> good start. <laughs> it was hard when I did it to get into the industry and it was what well, is probably infinitely harder now because of the competition out there and the situation we're in that person has definitely done the right thing building a portfolio as the first step because that's what i did i, I wrote a lot of places for free um to start i eventually made on moved on to paid work i made sure that someone looking at my career my earliest career could see what i could do so kudos for doing that and that's the right one persistence that you, you can keep up keep applying because if I, if I look if i think back to that answer about the length of time three months six months can feel like a really long time if you're looking to get into an industry that you really want to get into but in a very long career within that within six months of that you'll forget how you slogged to do it and keeping yourself positive is really difficult and i always say to people treat looking for a job like a job like work, work at it and then give yourself time to relax don't let it consume yourself spend a good chunk of time every day doing it but also then i suppose specifically for this dilemma maybe testament to kind of how lucy found her role and is just build relationships as the next port of call you don't necessarily even have to be connected directly to people just be really visible with those who are responsible for kind of hiring in space stay wary as well because some agencies out there will take on unpaid talent to this day which is not on, we've always believed. And even if you're kind of, on very rare occasions, we've had someone who has interned for us, for example, we've paid them because they're doing a job and they deserve a job. So while PR and the, I suppose, wider careers of media do require you to, I suppose, maybe work or build a portfolio for free when you're actually trying to find a way in, definitely don't just take the first thing as an unpaid internship. Um, try and find a way to do it. Try and find value as well. Like I... I was very fortunate with mine, so it's difficult for me to, I suppose, give actionable advice. For the others, I suppose, I applied for at the time, if anyone ever wants to know, I applied for a role at ZDNet, which is a big technology publication, which I just found some random business technology I knew nothing about and wrote about and said, look, here's my covering letter. Here's how I could write about it for you. And for another PR agency, I did the same thing. I think you're going to find your best way in through a connection. And don't be afraid to ask as well beyond, are you hiring? Like find ways to sort of open up questions with people. Yeah, just just kind of stay creative as well. Positivity is a big thing and it's, you've got to just, just keep at it. And I know it can be really demoralizing when it's been a long time. And um, yeah, just that positivity can be that extra little thing you need. Yeah, that's great. It's good to, you sound so much like Lucy sometimes with just being positive. And I think maybe that's where she got a lot of it from. But I think that's really important, especially now we underestimate the power behind positivity because it really can help you power through you know struggling with job searching even when you're struggling your role and even personally I've come across a lot of graduates who just who say I've been applying for hundreds of roles and I still am hearing nothing back I just it's it's hard to stay positive but I'm trying to so it's good to hear yeah just to add to that two things one I know how hard it is and you just want some feedback as to why you weren't right in the past when we've hired for like entry-level positions we've had like 600 700 we're tiny we've had 600 and 700 like applicants for a role and 90 percent of those are just not relevant or right people even trying to just find anything or they haven't really understood what the job description means or beyond that or they're just not right kind of point in their career and if you you just have to put yourself in someone else's shoes and if you imagine me having to write 600 emails back to someone or to this group of people our clients would lose two months worth of work probably and i, I as a business owner wouldn't actually beyond like helping someone with a tiny piece of feedback it wouldn't it wouldn't help either side of the equation the feedback would probably just be you're, you're just not right at this time rather than kind of a precise point i'm always happy for anyone to come to me on linkedin with their cv with how they're presenting themselves connect with me and in normal times like last couple of months have been quite busy but normal times i always happily jump on calls with people and especially graduates and or people about to graduate and say like what are you looking for and see see if they actually really actually know that they want 
to work in PR or they just think they do. Careful what you wish for, Marco. This is going to happen to a lot of people. So Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> I, won't, I won't come in. It's fine. Um, just be patient with me. <laughs> and the other one is I am actually a really, really power, powerfully positive person. And it's nice that people also think that from seeing me. I never know if I actually am or if I come across that way, truly. But um, one of our clients a few weeks ago, um, a guy called Liam Channels, it's a shout out for him. Absolutely awesome business person. He runs a, a fast growing company called Detected in the e-commerce space. Very people person and, and does what he says. He, he, he does what he says in the tin when he talks about how he looks after his own team. And we were talking because this kind of situation was happening, is happening in my, in my life, which is a bit difficult. And he's also super positive. But he said, sometimes it's okay for things to hurt. It's okay for there to be pain in your life and kind of feel it because you have to feel it to get over it. And it's not a weakness. It's not, it's not you not being positive and it's not you falling down. And I owe him a lot for that because it really helped me at that time. And it was like, you know what? It's all right to feel like this. Accept it and let it run its course. And within a couple of days, I was like, oh, I feel like I've done what I need to do personally to, to get through that situation. And yeah, look, stay positive all the time, but also accept that it's okay to, to feel a bit of crap about the situation. You'd be a bit weird if you didn't, because sometimes it's really hard looking for a job we're not robots we're all people it's important so there's this whole kind of persona i think with and i think especially amongst men that they're not allowed to have feelings um or it's just not unmanly for for men to have feelings and emotions and that's just so wrong everyone deserves to feel something and yeah and you are a very positive person marco and you've taught me a lot in that sense as well <laughs> so kudos to you <laughs> yeah i learned it from the best i've got to say i'm a nicholas yeah she's here uh, she's She's the most positive person alive. So um, it's, uh, it's wrapped off me over the years. Well, that's amazing. And so I think on the positive note, we have definitely come towards the end of the interview, but it's been amazing to hear about your career journey and the resources that you provide and the key trends and also just ending on the positivity note as well. And then mentioning that it's okay to hurt because I think if anything, that's what a lot of graduates want to know as well, besides how do I stay positive all the time? So I think that last information was probably one of the most valuable you provided throughout this entire interview. Thank you for coming on. It's been great to have you on. And I know it's been lovely to see you and Lucy reconnect again. Yeah, it's been awesome. Thank you for having me. I've, I've enjoyed every minute. I kind of wish it doesn't have to end. I don't know if I'm going to get asked my perspective, I suppose. Yeah, being a PR person, you get used to being behind the scenes, pulling all the strings. And um, like it's nice to be able to actually help the next generation understand what maybe is needed but also that they're going to come with great fresh ideas and don't be afraid to push those onto the people you're working with because like things have got to change and energy and young talent is critical for our industry well again thank you for coming on and to everyone else we have another we have a couple of other industries coming up so stay tuned but i think that'll end this recording have a good one guys bye bye thanks for listening see you soon bye That's it for today's episode. If you like what you heard, be sure to leave a review and subscribe. Do you know someone who is ready to launch out and get started on their career? Share this podcast. You can connect with us more on social media at the Career Growth Podcast. See you in the next episode.